I'm Kylie, founder of Akanel Expeditions, the best adventure travel company that you've never heard of. This is a 35,000 feet podcast where we interview interesting people doing interesting things in interesting places. From the next big CEO to coaches of your favorite teams to everyone in between, we've got stories to tell. Let's jump in. Hi guys, welcome back. Today I'm sitting down with coach Brandon. He is the head coach of the women's volleyball team at Cal Baptist. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate being here. Yeah, I'm so excited to kind of get more insights into your experience and your coaching. Can you kind of tell us about your last season and how it went? Yeah, last season was an interesting one for us. Um, We ended up 14 and 16. We dealt with a lot of injuries and a lot of um, just unexpected things that happened throughout the season. It's really interesting with us, we are transitioning from a Division II program to a Division I program. This is our second year competing at the D1 level. And over the last two years, it's been a lot of lessons of of transition, of change, and of uh, stepping up a level in terms of competition. And this past year was, was definitely a new experience for us. You know, we're used to winning and winning a lot. And this past season, we had some injuries happen. It was it was all about improvisation and people stepping up and filling roles that maybe they weren't accustomed to. And sometimes doing that on the fly, right before a match, we have to tell players, hey, you know, we need you to fill this role for us, this match. And uh, it was an amazing experience for us as coaches to just have a team that was willing to just say yes. It was never a question of, well, you know, I've never done that before, or I'm a little bit out of my comfort zone. It was always just a, okay, that's what we need. Here we go. Uh, So, you know, in terms of record, yeah, we want to win more in terms of how the women on our team stepped up and adapted and trained and competed. It was a really, really cool experience. And, you know, I've had the good fortune to have coached a a lot of really good teams. and we've had a program over the last, you know, ever since I've been here and from and beyond of just really great high character women that come in here and put the team first. And, you know, last year was this a, a really great illustration of all of that. Um, so, you know, last year in terms of in terms of record, it wasn't our best season, but in terms of uh how we weathered through that and the teamness that that developed from that it was spectacular and so you know I'm really proud of what we did last semester and really looking forward to the future uh, with the team that we have going forward. Oh, that's awesome I think that's so cool I think it speaks a lot if your girls can kind of step into whatever role especially as you're moving from that D2 to that D1 it's a lot different level of challenges and play and it's probably really hard for them so I think that's awesome that they're just like yep I can do this wherever you need me let's go I think that speaks a lot to your team and your girls yeah I know it absolutely does and you know we talked to them going into this transition and to kind of paint a picture of of just what was required and, and their position in the legacy of CBU volleyball and you know we've been around for a long time we've won national championships here you know all Americans the whole deal all at different levels Um, but this group that committed to play for us through this transition I think is going to hold a really special place in in the history of our program and the the legacy that they have a chance to create and leave is going to be something really really special Um, 
and they've really embraced that. There's been no hesitation for them to just go all in and just say, look, we're, we're going to compete. We're going to do it without excuses. And we're ready for this. You know, we're ready for the jump in competition. So bring it on. And as a coach, you just want to be with players that are down, that are committed and that are up for the challenge. And it's just a joy and so fun every day to, to walk into the gym or in the weight room in the team meetings, just knowing that you've got a group of players that are just down for each other, down for the challenge and down to compete. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Can you kind of tell us how you got into coaching volleyball? Yeah, it was, I, I took a pretty non-traditional route. Um, I started playing when I was in high school, uh, came pretty late to the sport of volleyball. You know, I was a basketball track guy earlier on. And then I started playing my sophomore year in, in high school and immediately it was love at first sight. So I you know, pursued playing volleyball, ended up playing at Pierce Junior College and then at Pepperdine after that. Uh, and then after I was done, I actually, my number one goal in life was to travel. And so I was fortunate enough to get a job that allowed me to travel the world. And I did that for six years. At that point, my wife and I started a business together. So we ran a business for six years. And then at that point, I was still a little bit in the volleyball world, coaching uh, high school level, club level um, girls. And it was at that point where I volunteered to coach at Loyola Marymount University in Southern California. And through that experience, I just kind of knew, I was like, okay, the next step is I, I still really love this sport and I love coaching. Um, and that was the, the big moment where I decided, okay, I'm going to go full out into this. Um, you know, I've been so blessed with a, a wife who's been very supportive of my dreams and allowed me to pursue that. Um, and it was at that point that uh, I got my first professional job as a, a college coach um, at Mississippi State University and spent three years there. So I did some living in between my playing days and when I decided to fully commit to coaching, um, which was awesome. It was, it was a gift and to be able to have those life experiences, travel and the challenge of being an entrepreneur. Um, I think it prepared me really well for coaching. And, you know, it's funny how, how things work out the way they're supposed to and how you are sometimes being prepared for something without knowing it, you know, because I, I fully believe that your path is directed uh, in life. And, you know, through the travel, through the entrepreneurship, I think it prepared me specifically for this job here at CBU of going through, you know, transitions from the NAIA to Division II NCAA and now to Division I NCAA. And so many of the lessons that I learned from my two previous work experiences play in directly to what we do here every single day. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. I totally agree with how you think our paths are kind of already set and you don't really know what it's preparing you for, but you kind of see it all come together as you kind of go down and you experience new jobs and new things and you're like, oh, that's kind of why I was doing that because it kind of ties into this somehow. And that's a really cool journey that you kind of went through to become a coach. Yeah, it's amazing. And, you know, it's really funny because um, I've, I've been blessed with being becoming a head coach pretty quickly in terms of my career. But I don't think I would have been ready for that without uh, the experiences that I went through, you know, both 
exciting and exhilarating and really hard and difficult. And, you know, with a lot of questioning of, yeah, what am I really doing? And, you know, I think it's important that we all remember like, hey, whatever's going on today, whether it's really great or really awful, you just have to really lock in and do your best at what is right in front of you because you don't know what it's preparing you for. You don't know where this path is leading. Um, you know, you can, and, and really it's up to us to work hard to just be the best who we can today. Do your best to follow your plan. But at the end of the day, you may be being prepared for something that you know nothing about that's over the horizon. Yeah, I love that. Thanks for sharing that insight there. You kind of mentioned that you traveled. Can you kind of talk about how travel has played a role in your life as a coach and then also in your personal life? Yeah. Um, you know, as a coach, I've had two really cool international travel experiences coaching. Um, two years ago, I went with uh, the USA Volleyball Collegiate National Team. Um, I worked under Danny Buscom Kelly at Louisville, um, and we took the team to Slovenia and Croatia. And it was some of the top college players in America that we got to coach and work with for a couple weeks over there. I had that experience. And then this last summer, we went to Japan with our team here at Cal Baptist. And, you know, the, the coolest thing from a coaching standpoint is seeing the different styles of play. And I'm someone who believes that cultures come through, they come out in their sport. And when you go to Europe, there's just a different style of play, a little bit different vibe, how the players act and react. And so we were able to see that over in Croatia and Slovenia. Uh, and then when we went to Japan this summer, you know, Japan has, you know, I think it's probably the most distinct culture in the world. Before we went, we spent time studying culture and uh, traditions and to be able to get there and get into their gyms and compete against uh, their teams and really see the flavor of the culture come through in how they play, how they train, how they act when they're in the gym. It's a really amazing thing. And from a coach, from a coaching standpoint, I learned a ton about, you know, hey, just what people are capable of and what's possible through culture. And, you know, when we're talking about other countries, it's the, the culture of their society. Um, but when we're talking about our program, it's the culture that we get to build here in our gym and our program. And, you know, I know culture is a really buzzy word right now, but <laughs> it's truly something that sets a tone for um, how your program is and what kind of legacy you want to leave, you know, when you play and when you coach at a university. Yeah, I agree with you. I think culture has a huge impact on your program, on your girls. I definitely agree with you. That's really cool that you were able to go with the USA Volleyball team into Croatia. And you took your team to Japan last year. Can you kind of tell us more about maybe some of the highlights of that trip last year? You know, we picked Japan specifically. We have, we have a player on our team now who's a first-generation uh, American. So her parents uh, came from Japan. So uh, she speaks Japanese. She grew up going to Japanese school on the weekends. And so we thought it would just be a really cool deal to be able to go back there and kind of have her as our uh, intermediary or our guide to help us through. So that was, that was part of the decision. The other part, my first international travel experience was with a sports team. I played on a basketball team of uh, Japanese Americans. And this was in high school. We went over and spent two weeks playing basketball over in Japan. And that was 
the moment where I fell in love with just international travel and culture. So to be able to introduce someone to something entirely new is really cool. And I think the neatest thing about Japan is that it's a culture and a society that is way, way different from America. But it's still, you know, it's a very first world, very modern country, uh, very safe, very structured and very organized. So it, it feels like a really safe entry point into Asia. And I know their volleyball is great. And I know that culturally how they play and their style is, is way different from us as well. And so that was kind of the reason why we chose Japan. It was just a phenomenal experience. Um, you know, we decided to go pretty stripped down. So we wanted to take public transportation everywhere the moment we arrived. And so we did a ton of walking. We did a ton of riding on trains and subways and public transport. And I wanted to feel as much as possible like we were training and living and playing like our counterparts over there, the women that play over there. And so that was phenomenal. The, I think some of the highlights in terms of just sightseeing was uh, you know, Kyoto was absolutely, I think for me, the highlight, just uh, how old and ancient that city is, how intact it is, and just how beautiful that that was, was amazing. Um, and then we spent time in Tokyo and Osaka as well. So in terms of culturally, the, just the differences in how Japanese society functions as opposed to American society functions. And, you know, one thing I know that all of our uh, players here took away uh, from that trip was just how much pride every person in Japanese society takes in what they do. And so we would go into hotels and there would be like valet bag attendants that would come up to us, take our bag, you know, mark it, put it in a certain spot, cover it with a net to make sure that everyone knew that that was a separate, uh, a separate group stuff. And then be right back to us just attending what, to whatever we needed. And, you know, that just says a lot about doing your best at whatever your job is. And, you know, how many people are really motivated to be the greatest bag attendant at a hotel possible? Like that's in American society, that's not something that's like seems highly prized or highly valued. But right. in Japanese culture, like you do your job to the best of your ability and that's your function and that's how you operate in that society. And so, and that's a beautiful illustration that we all need to, to understand that we can all learn from is, you know, whatever you're calling, it might not be the most glamorous thing, but that's where you're at. And so it's your job and your responsibility to just do your best with, with where you've been placed. So, you know, to me, the, the highlight of the entire deal was just being immersed in a culture that, that has some different values, but whose values are worthy and significant. And we as a team, and I personally just learned a lot from, from that. And just the idea of you don't have to be starter, all American person to really give your best. And really what matters is just the complete commitment and buy-in to whatever you've chosen to do, whatever you do, do it to the best of your ability. And I think that was to me, that was a, for sure the highlight of it was just being immersed back into Japanese culture and just yeah, seeing I what they value and seeing that. them execute that. Yeah, it was, it's beautiful. And it's, you know, it's such a different deal than America. And uh, yeah, it's, it's really cool to see. Yeah, I think that's such cool insight you shared because it's so true. Like sometimes I think it's easy to kind of get down on yourself or maybe you're not in the starting position that you want or maybe you're not in the job you want. And 
I think sometimes it can be hard to be like, give it your all. But I really think what you said is you have to give your best in whatever you're doing. And you saw that in Japan. And I feel like that's so cool. And I feel like your team had some really cool experiences there. Yeah, well, you know, American culture, it's so different from that because we kind of live in a, a culture and a time and age where maybe intended or unintended, we're taught that value comes from how important you are, how many followers, followers you have how popular you are. And that's just way different. There, there's a different way to live. And I always wish that value could be, ter- be determined by how hard you work, how committed you are, how true your heart is, uh, how much you care and love for others. Because I truly think that's where value lies. But you know, in, a, in our society, you don't get a lot of love for being the best volunteer down at the homeless shelter, you know, mm-hmm. you get a lot of love for how many followers you have on Instagram and how cool your right. posts are. And it makes it hard for, for people to, to truly buy into something that like, Hey, I'm getting no credit for this, but I'm doing it anyways, because it's the right thing to do. And, and it gives me value from, from my eyes. Um, yeah. And Japan was just a starkly different feel from that. Um, so you know, for me, it's, it's constantly a fight to hold on to, hey, have some perspective, have some understanding, and just do your best at where you're called. Yeah, I love that. Thanks for sharing that insight there, because I just feel like you're so right. Our Kind of our culture here in America, it's like, just what you said, it's all based on the numbers and what your title is, and really what matters is the heart of who you are and really how hard you work. I love that. Yeah. Okay. This question I like to ask everyone, it kind of puts you on the spot, but what is the one yep. thing that no one knows about you that you could share with us? I've traveled a lot. So, well, probably not compared to, to you guys over there, but uh, so I've been to 48 different countries, spent a lot of time outside the U.S. Yeah. And have, have had some of the greatest experiences of my life uh, traveling in a shape who I am. But yeah, the, traveling is a passion of mine, and I've been fortunate to be able to go to a lot of different spots. So that's probably what, what some people don't know is that, you know, they see me as a coach, but if there's ever a chance for me to get up and leave and go someplace new and have a new experience, I'm itching to take it. Yeah, that's so fun. You've been to 48 countries. That's awesome. Okay, this is probably another hard question, but what are some of yeah. your favorite places you've been? I was actually just talking about this. Uh, I, I think if there's one place that blows me has blew me away more than anywhere else i think petra in jordan it's in an amazing experience to go there um it, it feels like it's been set up like a theme park like the entrance to petra is uh magnificent you walk through this uh through this wash through this wadi with these really high canyon walls and then right at the end of it you turn a corner and you see the treasury which is like the the building in Petra and it just hits you like it's it's almost like you know when a bride comes out for a wedding it's like this stunning Mm -hmm. moment of like oh my gosh there it is I'm here you know Petra has probably my favorite one of my favorite travel destination travel sites but uh, Japan I've been a couple times and you know the combination of culture and technology and everything that makes that country unique is really really amazing but yeah i I could probably go on forever i I loved argentina (laughs) uruguay i just think the the vibe that's there uh, you know they feel like 
countries and cities that are are kind of lost in time or just it's just beautiful and then uh i actually really loved the middle east um, i went to israel a few years back and it was just like to be around things so ancient and so significant is is just amazing so yeah i've got a million places that <laughs> i could probably talk about <laughs> that's awesome i love it do you have any places on your bucket list or like what's your next adventure you have planned Gosh, uh, next adventure, we're actually planning on going to Italy. My, my wife has been talking about an anniversary trip to go to Italy. And we have two kids. They're uh, 9 and 12 right now. And they're incredible travelers. And it's always been a dream for us to go and to take our kids. Um, so we've been, you know, kind of low-key prepping them to go to Italy. and you know, enjoy the art and the food. Um, so that's the, that's probably the next trip on the list. We want to do the whole deal. Um, in terms of like bucket list places that, that, I, that I need to go still, um, Machu Picchu is probably the one place that I, I haven't been that's like on the grand tour of all the really cool places to go. So Machu Picchu is one of them. San Michel, France is another one. I've, love to go to Angkor Wat in Cambodia. I think India and Pakistan have kind of surfaced again as a place that I want to go. And I'm just, I'm fascinated by the culture and history of those two countries and what happened to them at the end of imperialism and how two countries can just be arbitrarily, I guess not arbitrarily separated and, and, and the history and, and conflict between those. But I you know, what draws me most is just the mystery of those two countries. They feel so foreign to me. You know, the only experience I have with them is through the food and through friends that I've made who are from India. That and then the last one is probably the Faroe Islands in Denmark. I have the screensaver that comes up <laughs> like almost every day of the Faroe Islands. I would love to go check those out. That's awesome. It just keeps reminding you like, hey, you need to go here. You need to go here. Those all sound like Absolutely. amazing places. <laughs> I haven't been to any of those either, but those are all places. I just want to go everywhere. So I'm with you. Well, you need to go. Where's your bucket list spot right now? It's actually Tonga, but I'm actually going there this summer. So I'm really excited. That's no way. Like the next place I want to go and I'm actually going. So I'm super excited. That's, that is amazing. Who gets to go there? Like that's such a remote place to get to. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I'm so excited. We're going to cool. be swimming with the wells and it's just, I've always wanted to go, but I've always been like, oh, it's not really possible. But now that I'm here with Akinella, it's just like, okay, I'm going to go. So I'm super excited. Now it is. Yep. Awesome. Sure. Really cool. Okay. Last question I kind of want to ask you as we wrap up, if you're an athlete wanting to play for a team in a university, what would your advice be to them? Well, my advice is always the same. It's just be passionate about what you do. And at the end of the day, you know, you are competing against, against other people who have the same dream. The question is, how strong and how passionate do you feel about your dream? And you need to know that it comes at a cost. You will have to make sacrifices in order to get to where you want to be. I think that's the biggest thing. It, we, we spend a lot of time dreaming, and I think that's a key element. But the, wrapping your mind around hey, if I really want to get to where I, I want to go, if I want to be as prepared as I can possibly be, it's going to require sacrifice. And so, you know, for any, any young athlete that, is, that has dreams of playing um, 
college volleyball or professional volleyball or college or pro sports in general, the sooner you realize that, hey, I'm going to have to give up something to get this, I think the better off you're going to be. It might just feel like, hey, I'm following my passion and this isn't work, which is the absolute best place to be. Um, so, you know, realize there's going to be some sacrifices and some exchanges of uh, what you do and what you don't get to do in order to be great. Be passionate about what you do. I think that's great advice. And go for it 100%. That. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, that's, that's what it's all about is, you know, invest your whole heart into it. You know, and I think the other thing, there's a skill that's really, really important that people don't talk about, and it's the ability to buy in and to truly commit and believe in something. And that's a choice. I think people want to be won over. I think America is filled with skeptics. Show me and then I'll believe. Mm -hmm. um, but it doesn't have to work that way. I think you can choose to be bought in and be committed 100%. And that's a skill that is, is really rare. Uh, to find of just someone who's going to say, look, I'm all in for this sport, for this team, because it's my choice and my commitment. And that doesn't waver. And it's because I choose this. It's not because of anything that they've done. It's because of who I am and what I believe and the value of the choices that I make and of my word. Yeah, that's my advice. I love it. I think that's such great advice. <laughs> have passion but also like you have to know what kind of comes with the cost of whatever you're going to be doing in the sport or what pro sport college sport whatever you requires your sacrifice but also to buy in i think that's really really good advice i love it yeah and the beautiful thing is that i never like talking about rewards but there is a reward on the other side of that commitment and that work you know and that and it's called success it's called the satisfaction of knowing that you did your very best to achieve your dream um, and at the end of the day, that's what I want to be able to say that I did is that I left it all out there and come what may, whether my goal was reached or not, I did my very, very best every day. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thanks so much, Brandon, for jumping on today and getting to give us some more insight into you and how you got to become a coach and your program and all of your travel experiences. I really loved listening to everything you had to share and it was awesome. Thanks, Cheyenne. Appreciate it. Yeah, I wish you and your team the best of luck. Yeah, thank you so much. And uh, keep on podcasting. Love your content and love what you guys are doing. Thanks for listening to the 35,000 Feet Podcast, where we chat with interesting people doing interesting things in interesting places. Do you have a story that you want to share? Visit www.acanela.com slash podcast to share your story and be featured on our next episode of 35,000 Feet.